0: All right, welcome back to Outside of Our Element. You're here with Alex and Iowa and Hasley. Perfect. Uh, I wanted to get today started off talking about something that is very dear to all of our hearts alcohol. <laughs> um, Since we've all stopped drinking in the past three years and no longer consume any alcoholic beverages, (laughs) um, it's safe for us to be able to speak about the effects of alcohol. And I'm not talking about the positive effects that we all appreciate. (laughs) Um, Specifically, what I wanted to talk about was uh, an article that was found about um, blackouts. So first, let's start out. Best blackout story.
1: Everyone's looking at me. Uh, First blackout story, South Padre Island, spring break 2008. I was there with my cousin and my buddy, Austin Townsend. Are we supposed to name names? Oh, no, no. Too late. We'll edit them out later. (laughs) No, we won't. And uh, we were having way too many drinks. Tila Tequila was there. So was vanilla ice.
0: Oh, sounds like a banging celeb party. <laughs> all they could afford.
1: Yeah, C. It sounds Padre Island. This isn't Mexico. <laughs> Almost. Um, but I kept drinking this green drink all day. I don't know what was in it, but I kept buying it. And I ended up on MTV that night. I profusely bonded everywhere. I don't remember. From the last time I took a drink to getting up into the, the condo and actually hurling. But I woke up with my clothes half off, green puke everywhere. And I was told that a camera crew came in and videoed me from MTV. <laughs> and uh, I crawled into the tub shortly after I regained consciousness and just laid there with the shower falling on me for like an hour straight. Until I signature I halfway sobered up. Then that night the MTV crew came back actually and told me the whole story. So that was my first blackout story. Nice, nice. Was there consent? Not that I'm aware of. I didn't sign anything. I, I don't know how to sign. It's
0: MTV, you couldn't went in court if you wanted to. Yeah, true. Not not back in two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, no way. Prime MTV.
2: Uh, oh well, okay. Um, best blackout story would have to be uh, this one night, <laughs> I got really hammered, and uh, I didn't remember anything, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I woke up, and people said, hey man, you looked pretty, you looked pretty drunk last night, and I said, uh, oh, that's weird,
0: because I, uh, I don't remember anything. Oh wow! Okay, cool. That's it.
1: Go on, go on. All
0: right, well, okay. That's the best one. Oh no, that was just eight. That was that was last night. Oh, he prefaced it as best. He, I, he
1: planned on showing this to his church, so this is the this is the PC version. The the PC version. Okay, well, let me. Okay, this is a uh,
2: you know spoiler alert. Uh, you shouldn't listen, church people. <clears throat> uh, it would probably be uh, in Wuhu, China. Um. Uh, my, I, my brother was living there at the time, and we got to go experience a place called wu uh, I felt like a celebrity, as anyone who is white and above six foot tall should in China. And it, it was pretty entertaining. We got to start drinking, and I started drinking uh, Chinese beer. Not a good idea. And then we switched to some Chinese liquor, which was not a good idea. And then we switched to the Chinese version of Everclear Liquor. And we chugged it, because that just made sense. Uh, it was during the World Cup, and so we're in the middle of this uh, big public area, which is always the best thing to do. And uh, this midget Chinese feller, I guess, tries to pick a fight with me.
1: I think the word now is uh, dwarf or little person.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this midget Chinese person <laughs> was uh I a with me. Because he, I, I, he was looking up to me as always, and he didn't like what he saw. And they're a small demographic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he, <laughs> oh, dang it! <laughs> so he, he tried to pick a fight with me. I I swear, at one point, he was sitting in someone's lap, but probably not. I don't really remember. But um, at that particular time, he, Adam was trying to explain to me, and some of the Chinese people in our group were trying to explain to me. He was really mad for something that I did, and that he wanted to fight me. And I guess uh, he understood that they were translating it to me because I started laughing at him and that made him angrier. And he, obviously it's Pole me, uh, which is never a good idea. Uh, I don't remember all the ins and outs of how that night left, but I think um, he escorted me home. I don't necessarily...
1: You picked up an escort.
2: Uh, it might have. It might have actually ended up being an escort. Uh, or it might have actually
1: not even been
2: uh, a Chinese midget. It might have just been a cat.
1: That sounds expensive. We tried to do that for Alex's bachelor party and it did not work yeah, out.
2: twice. Yeah, <laughs> at least twice as much, if not four times as much. Makes no sense. The, uh, yeah, the midget people. Like. So, uh, I guess that was a fun story. I like the
1: first story better, to be
2: honest. I concur. I think it was more <laughs> genuine.
0: Yeah, well, I I feel bad for going last. Um, I don't have anything to compete with that. Um, the best time was probably uh, at a work party. So uh, a bunch of people from work went to a hotel uh, in Dallas for um, celebrating someone's birthday, went to karaoke first, got pretty drunk, was one will, and woke up the next morning to then be explained that Um, I didn't know where the restroom was, and so I decided to piss on the ottoman. (laughs) I did not piss on the top of the ottoman, which is good, because there was someone sleeping on the ottoman. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but that that happened. So uh, the the article that I found that I wanted to talk about was um, explaining what blackout does or, or what's happening in the brain whenever you're blacking out. And the effect is similar. This is their words, not mine. The effect is similar to an anterograde amnesia, in that the brain temporarily, temporarily loses the ability to create new memories. Blackout sufferers still may be able to partake in spirited discussions or send emails <laughs> to former employees. <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, the, the overall thing being that drinking alcohol doesn't make you forget anything when you get blackout drunk, the brain temporarily loses that ability to create memories. What are your thoughts on that?
2: How do when, how does, whenever someone explains the, the events of the night before, how do they start
1: to make sense sometimes? Don't get me wrong. There are certain
2: times. What? I
1: think, I think the key thing here is it says it temporarily loses the ability to create memories. And I think there are moments where you are creating memories. It's just there's some disconnects there, where you're not creating them. I think there's like a a kind of a point there where you're really drunk, and you kind of remember some things. Then there's a point where you're just inebriated, where you remember nothing, no matter what you can do. Those those memories just never happen.
0: Right. It's hard to recall the small bits that you do pick up whenever you have nothing else to refer them to, previous or after. So when people start to tell the story. Sometimes you can place one or two things of that, but I've never been using my air quotes blacked out. Someone tell me what I did, and I remember. I I, am almost always, it is forever stay black. I just now have the story because someone told me.
1: You're a finisher. I like that. Yeah. So, with that, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, what ramifications does that have for the law? So, if this is science, if you, you know, commit a heinous act hurt somebody yeah and you're blackout drunk like you literally have no memory of that because your memory didn't happen it didn't create the memory Mm. so is there leniency for people that are that drunk it'd be involuntary i mean involuntary manslaughter right so i guess i mean it's better than premeditated you didn't plan to do it it's
0: well i'm not sure that the inability to create memories it equates to the inability to determine right from wrong or good from evil. Mm-hmm. I think the effects of alcohol definitely will uh, distort that, but I don't think that those two things are related, or are they? <laughs> Damn. Yeah,
2: what if I do something crazy and then drink a lot so I forget it, and then I say I don't remember
1: it?
0: Well, the point you did it, you're we're still capable of creating memories. Sure, allegedly. Well, whether you remember doing it or not, if you're guilty, you're guilty. Sure. You're not mm-hmm. going to admit some the memory of doing something if you're in a court unless you're already pleading guilty, right? Yeah. Not necessarily as someone
2: who's been found not
0: guilty before. I'm just saying you just deny, deny. You, you pull a Richard. That's what I'm saying. Man. Yeah, you would deny, right? Whether you actually remember or not. So the fact that you can't remember it, if they were to prove it mm-hmm. guilty, prove you guilty, you, that couldn't then dismiss that. Ruling mm. in court. Now it could play into the the reason why you think you are not guilty. And right. if there's not enough evidence, you could still be determined not guilty or faulty evidence or whatever it is. Right, 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 right. But if you were determined guilty, I don't think your sentencing or the punishment would be affected due to your inability to remember what you did. That makes sense. True. Sure. So, but I mean, people like their booze, right? <laughs> I mean, we did like booze. Um. Well, no, but now that you got me thinking about that, whatever you say, play <laughs> Travis. I uh, people do like their booze, especially gym teachers in Iowa. <laughs> so tell me if you guys heard about this—the uh, the teacher in Iowa that blew a point two two four BAC while on the job. Did you say point two two four? Let's go! Almost three times the legal limit. I'm
1: glad you said that because I, I really don't understand. The limits there, like I, I, it doesn't mean anything to me when we say 0.224 I, I don't know if that's a lot. So in
2: Texas, which is
1: a little stricter than uh, other places in the nation, yep. 0.08 is
2: legally intoxicated, specifically if you're behind the wheel. So
0: 0.16 is considered reckless or like obsessive inebriation. Like if you're publicly intoxicated and you're at 0.16, that's, you're, you're pretty auto there. Yeah. And the thing is, unless she had just put the bottle down 30 minutes before they got there... 0.224 could be her coming down Ooh. while at work. Oh my gosh. Okay? That's a, now, now here's, what, here's, here's what they said. They found two unopened 16-ounce cans of Mike's Harder strawberry. <laughs> so she wasn't done. Okay, we know that. Right. And we know she had gotten started because the cop says that she smelled like alcohol, that her eyes were red and watery. Let me ask, was she a middle school gym teacher? Because then it all makes sense. Yeah, I oh, think I, she was.
2: I got to agree to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She had to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, I feel more sympathy towards her in that. Did you say there were two other than 16
1: ounces? Yes. 16 Not ounces. even the normal? Oh my goodness. And this is just a person that they caught.
0: How many people do you think do this on a daily basis at work? Not just teachers. Uh, so earlier this week someone was telling me that when they they worked retail in college and the manager of their store like without a doubt every day came in with a 50/50 coffee bourbon it would smell like bourbon it was very <laughs> obvious but this particular story worked at the managers had stake right they were part owners mm-hmm. and so wow and give a shit right yeah. Yeah. so so there there's already an example I heard this week about people coming in and the old company that I worked at people had schnapps in their desk to mix with little coffee on days that they felt like either they needed a pair of the dog because a rough night I've been right, before, right. or fuck my day today I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of the edge off going into it right
1: yeah. which to some extent I understand you know there are days for sure where I've gone and had a couple of beers at lunch you know whether it's just because I'm having fun with friends or it's just a tough day but <laughs> <laughs> .224 right.
0: Right. Well, where, where do you draw the limit? Do you draw it at point, eight? Eight. point one six? 0.16.
2: Okay, uh, go ahead. Explain. I'm a ginger, so I can get there pretty easily.
1: You're tall, yeah.
2: Right, so but you're so you drawing a limit for yourself, not for everyone. Oh, no, I think it should be for everyone because I'm equal opportunity.
0: No, that does, does not apply here. I, I'm pretty sure
2: it, so legally speaking, if you're going to use the premise of equal opportunity, it would mean that I believe the opportunity should be there for myself. It should be equal for everyone. Therefore, equal opportunity.
0: Okay. Well, so .16. Uh, I want to change you to it you know. to .19. And you have nothing to back that up. Sorry, let, let me
1: interject here. You might know somebody really personally, like super close to you that's had a DUI before what did they end up blowing
0: yeah so I know someone pretty well um, that had a, a, a DUI and uh again when they blew it was at least 40 minutes after they had stopped drinking um which sometimes could, they say you can peak for a 30 minutes to an hour afterwards um but they blew blew a 0.17.
1: Gotcha. And you just said 0.16.
0: Right. Which I actually changed it to 0.19 though, so it encompasses ah.
1: equal opportunity. His friends. Yes. I gotcha. And how about how about yourself, Brian? Do you know something, anybody really close to? Him? I've heard of uh yeah, someone really close to me who uh,
2: I don't think that they were able to blow. I think they refused that. But you know, they <laughs> they got blood, uh which is better than the stories of it. It's that's the real deal. Uh and with that real deal, I believe the the blood showed point one three. Gotcha, and that
1: was probably significantly later.
2: most likely because I think the average time between uh the the stop and the blood drawn is usually an hour.
1: Gotcha. Or okay, so. that's good to know. okay, so th- that even puts us into perspective more this point. 224 is pretty out there. Which, like Alex said, being on the
2: most likely come down. Yeah, <laughs> and she planned to keep going. Absolutely. Do you think she should lose
1: her job over this?
2: Middle school teacher? Nope. they, they uh, That's better than tenure right there. There's no one getting away from that unless you beat up special needs people on a school bus. <laughs> but even that,
0: if there's a pass, you can go to work <laughs> in other school districts because it's experience. So I, I, I don't think she should be fired. I don't think she should continue to hold her job. I think that this is a sign that she needs help. Um, I am in the belief that alcoholism is a, a disease. disease. And even if she doesn't suffer from alcoholism, she suffered from some something that's going on that made her think that, that was appropriate. Sure. Um, so I think the attempt to get her help first, because if she had possessed the job, then therefore she earned it. Therefore, she's capable of doing the job. Um, so I don't want to create a system in which when she makes a mistake or falls um, subject or victim to something that she's not able to have the chance to recover. Now, I don't think it should be a slap on her wrist if she goes back right. in the next day. I think she now has to re-earn that position, but I don't think that it should automatically be eliminated.
1: So no jail time. And
2: if it's on the taxpayer's dollar because she's a school teacher, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Maybe some... Some time off without pay,
0: uh, uh, and then yeah, rehab. Yeah.
1: Is that what you're thinking?
0: Yeah, the, for sure, that's what I'm thinking. Rehab and counseling requirement because you you then can have someone else's opinion of what's going on, as well as that person's now seeked out some form of treatment. Right. Um, and again, I don't think it's a guarantee just because she has treatment right. that she automatically comes back. See Amy Winehouse. Right. Okay. But I I think that the the chance should be earned right rather than just saying well if you messed up then you're done.
1: Sure. I think there's a difference though in messing up and a point two two
2: four like that's that's not like a it's mm, heavy that's and specifically I mean don't get me wrong I know that because uh, not knowing the size of the woman or anything like that but being a woman. Um, the drinks affect them differently than men, especially the weight and all that, that kind of stuff in it. But at the same time, 0. 0.224, good night. Yeah. That's, that's, that is, that's, that's something that I, I would actually go so far. I, I, that does deserve fire. That does deserve. I mean, honestly, I would, I would not be, uh, I wouldn't feel bad at jail time. occurred for or something like that specifically because, uh, again, it's on the government. Uh,
0: public school, even if it's a private school, but then, then it's, you're, you're in charge of kids. I can see that reasoning. I don't understand the public dollar, the, the government dollar aspect of it, as opposed to private dollar. I'm a libertarian at heart, so if you're going to take my money, you darn well better, you
2: know, not be .224. So if there was somebody else's money, you'd care less. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or their kids, for that matter. As long as it's not my kid. If it's my kid, though, that's what I'm going with. Like, if it's my
1: kid and there's a, a drunk point two two four, I'm trying to see it from that point of view, as far as like being empathetic towards somebody that has kids, cause none of us do. Yeah, sure. So, like, if my kid was being taught by this lady, how would I feel about it? You know, if nothing happened other than her getting caught with booze, there'd be a small part of me that, that'd be, you know, like, oh, you know, whatever, right? And but what if something happened? Yeah. Sure. What if one of the kids got hurt because she wasn't you know, paying attention or she was doing something reckless? Like, I'd be fucking livid. Yeah. I'd lose it. And let me elaborate. That's what I meant. I, uh, ADHD.
2: I'm already at the point of if a lawsuit happens because of something like that, the millions of dollars rightfully due to the person who has been affected is going to come out of taxes.
0: Okay, well I, I can see I still don't necessarily think I agree with that but I can see where you're coming from from that rather than just saying... Well, if the government's paying for it, but right, there right. needs to be a, this set of rules, then because you know the right. government's paying for it, I, I
1: think no matter what, it's it's taxpayer dollars. Yeah. If she keeps her job, she's getting paid by taxpayer dollars. If well, she sorry. goes to jail, taxpayer dollars. Right. <laughs> if she goes to rehab, it's usually being subsidized by taxpayer dollars. So that's sort sure. yeah. I now, I, I, I
0: agree from the aspect of the kids. What happened? right, was, was, did her point 224, not not to say what could happen, because right. th- we could do that with anyone and everyone, like a teacher decides to use the restroom and she brings another teacher that's a different teacher that doesn't know a kid and therefore, you know, you could go into hypotheticals all day, right, 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 right. but I mean if she was just super tipsy, having a good time, and all the kids had the best day in PE they've had in four years I don't, <laughs> think be, I don't think she should be promoted well, her be are. back, but I don't, you know whatever.
1: She should be chewed out I've been chewed out before.
0: Yeah, nice. (laughs) Um, Well, hey, so, uh, Iowa, you were telling me you brought up about the uh, Confederate plaque being removed. And I thought that was very interesting. Could you go more into detail on that?
1: Yeah. So this is a little, you know, hard hitting for our first podcast. Um, But I thought I'd bring up a good conversation here because I keep seeing this in the news and I wanted to see where everyone's take was it was on this one so a confederate plaque was removed from a west virginia courthouse recently i know you've all been hearing about this they're pulling down statues of robert E. lee anything even remotely you know being a semblance of the confederacy it's it's coming down in most states especially around that area um and i i don't know how i feel about it i mean on one hand uh, of course it it reminds people of, of of slavery and You know, the the battle between, you know, the Union and the Confederacy and everything like that. But I just, I don't know. There's, There's a part of me also that's like, where's the line on something like this? Like, I'm not saying we should have kept this particular plaque or any statues like that. But what are we doing with them? And where do we stop with that, you know? I try to think about it empathetically as well from the point of view like if there was Nazi shrines everywhere would I want my kids seeing that Would I want you know my family having to look at that every time they go around especially if they were of the Jewish faith or anything like that I'm trying to compare it to something like that but I I don't have a personal comparison for that Um, but at the same time you know think about like the the pyramids you know I I think we could probably all agree that a lot of that was built from slave labor like should we should we tear that down you know like where do we kind of stop with that Um and I I think a lot of this is is just boiling down to and my whole point here was that, you know, this is open discussion, but I feel like that people can't handle stuff like this anymore. (laughs) They they can't just take that there was a time in the past where something like this happened anymore and they can't handle people's opposing views. Not to say that this is a good example, but I just wanted to have a conversation about that. Um any any thoughts on these in these plaques or any of these statues coming down?
0: yeah um, very well put and I appreciate that yeah. the um, I have a lot of the same questions that you have of where are they going and I've heard a lot of them are being moved to some sort of museum um, which I think is great I think that's um, if you're going <laughs> to remove it if at some Holocaust point museum. right
1: <laughs> we have Holocaust museums like that's important uh, yeah. to still know our past otherwise we're going to repeat
0: it so right, right. I don't
1: think it should be destroyed yeah it is history we should remember the good and the bad
0: right now, so, and, and, and to say what that is, um, a, a lot of times the Holocaust Museum is used as an educational form of showing what has been overcome, or the success right. that came yeah. through it, or determining why, what happened. So to be able to have something to say, you know, here's what, the, the reason why um, the Civil War happened, and, mm-hmm. and here's what the basis right. were, here's what they were fighting for. Um, to me, all that seems important. As for taking them out of the public, from what I've seen, and I'm not an expert on this by any means, that a lot of the times those statues were brought up or created or implemented to remind um, the people that, were, uh, that they were fighting against. So it's a way of um, the, the Confederate uh, 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 belief systems to, to still be projected out to, to remind people that we are still here, that right, mm-hmm. they still exist. And so, if I were someone that my family was affected by that, or even as someone who could just uh, have empathy with someone like that, I don't feel like you should have to go when you take your kid to the park that you have to explain um, who Robert E. Lee was or who sure. Thomas Jefferson was. Um, not Thomas Jefferson. Um, well, he owned slaves. Yeah, well, sure. that's not who I was thinking of. What was the name of the president of the Confederacy? Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, or explain who Jefferson Davis is. To me, that you know, if you had a certain area like a museum or something like that, where it's what with, it's within an educational platform, to me, I agree with. That. Yeah. Let, let me ask
2: you this: When's the last time you went to a park and saw statues
1: and then started asking questions about who it was versus it just being background? I mean, for me, never. But kids are inquisitive. If you take a kid to the park, they're going to ask about it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when, when's the last time you? went inside of a coal mine. That doesn't mean people don't go inside coal mines thousands of people a day. Like, well, Liz,
2: I'm not also talking about taking down coal mines. And, and so hear me out on this. Uh, first off, I, I think that the argument about it, about thrusting it upon you, most of the time, as long as it's not a very obvious swastika or something like that, no one's going to know who the crap that is. No one's going to really ask questions. It's just going to be there. As someone who walks around the square of Denton, there are actually Confederate statues there that I have no idea. I'm not going to read that inscription. I'm on my way to go get some food. I don't really care. One of the things that you said, though, that was very, look, Alex, was that uh, these statues were built uh, to, hey, remember, we're still around kind of thing. And that's one of the things that I find most troubling about all of this is that people are fighting to keep statues that sprang up in 1950. Well, shoot, guys! You're almost a century away from the Civil War. That that that's very clear. That was a that was almost a form of terrorism. That kind of thing. It's not that it was a form of terrorism. At the same time, it was to hey, we're still here. Hey, remember this. Right. And, and that's where I find more of the problem. I think that you asked the question of uh, well, I don't want to have a conversation about Jefferson Davis or who he was and everything like that. But I still think that's a great. thing. I also think that should belong in a museum. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that. Then again, though, hey, hey, hey what is the intent? Of it? And, and realistically speaking, how does it look? If it's just a picture of someone, like a statue of someone, and it's not—I mean, not that there would be necessarily a, a form of artistic expression that I think would necessarily deem itself appropriate. Keep it, yes. But but at the same time, what what is it? what is it, is it something that just where do you stop? Is, uh, something that Robert E. Lee drew, even if it's pretty, it has nothing to do with slavery or the right. Confederacy. Do
1: you take that now? That's my question. It's like, where's the line? And are you bringing it down because you don't want your kids to know about this and you don't ever want to think about it? Or are you bringing it down because you think it belongs someplace else?
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I can see that. I I, I can agree 100%. Because I, right, I think
1: we're moving towards that lately where it's like, we just can't as a society, handle if somebody has an opposing view yeah it's like i mean it's super into politics right now everyone it's sports team mentality and i saw this the other day and i thought this was really neat Uh, george h.w bush died recently and i found the letter online that Mm -hmm. he had wrote to bill clinton when he handed over the oval office and this is between a republican and a Democrat, of course i thought this was really neat absolutely Uh, dear bill when i walked into this office just now i felt the same sense of wonder and respect that i felt four years ago i know you will feel that too I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described. There will be very tough times, maybe even more difficult by like criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let this the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success now is our country's success. I am rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. Like that's amazing. Amen. That's I feel like that's the way it should be. You know, if somebody won, we should be rooting for them. What like what do you think has changed in this country that like took us from that mindset to the where we are now? Or has nothing changed and we just have more access to know a bigot's or an idiot's opinion now and, and think it's the larger majority when it's not?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a larger platform. Um, for those things to be noticed therefore they' they become to seem more relevant um, number one, I think that's really cool because um, that's didn't he didn't get his second turn right was right he like getting ready to do his second turn yeah. everybody thought he was gonna win. No, came out and so took I him think out. He was going to win, so the economy was actually going really bad then. How yeah. was it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like him at his. Party. He was running. though. Yeah. He, he, he was right. He was. He was a nominee for the party, right? Because he's incumbent. Right. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't like he just gave it over like most presidents do. He literally. Right. It wasn't. It,
0: right. What I'm trying to say is, it wasn't the end of his eight years. Oh, oh, oh. And he didn't a step down no matter gotcha, what. Gotcha, gotcha. This was I just got beat in a fight that I had a dog or that I was.
1: Makes it more emotional. Makes it more real.
0: Right. And so, um, so I believe that now I also think that there's been a switch and I don't know this for sure because of my age and how long that I've been in politics. I can't really speak to any type of political atmosphere, political views prior to it, unless I'm either regurgitating what someone else told me um, or, you know, uh, asking for, uh, for you know, an opinion of somebody else. Yeah. And uh, but I think that it, it's definitely shifted from um, I'm voting for this person because I really like them. To a a hate vote, which is, well, I'm not voting for that person because I can't stand or I'm voting for this person because I hate the other party. Right. And if that becomes a perpetuated mentality, um, then I think that will then create, um, you now stand out more in your party. Not if you can show how much you support or love your candidate, but if you can somehow express a greater hatred or dislike for the opposing. Right. Right. My first election realizing
2: that was the Obama Romney campaign. Um, I, I don't know. We y'all even paying attention to politics? Yeah, a little bit. Sure. So, in, in that particular one, uh, the thing that was, I, I didn't vote in that, just to make that very clear. I voted in the one prior. I was uh, very, because of George Bush being a governor, I liked him. Yeah. Was, uh, there was definitely a dog in that fight, if you will, using that. But when uh, I recall Mitt Romney being painted, this Mormon feller being painted as a racist and a sexist and a bigot—it was kind of that for me was very distasteful, which led to the voting choices. Not that I voted for Trump, but led to the voting choices in the I wow, like either of these two idiots. Uh, this is this is bad for the country, regardless. That that kind of and I'm not saying that that was the one that did it for everybody. I'm sure there's several history that goes into both, but that was the one for me. That I don't. I mean, as a Christian, I don't. I don't, I don't care for the. I, I like the you know the the religious aspect of Mormons, but that's not my belief system. But I've never met a Mormon that I didn't think was one of the nicest, happiest people in my life. Like they are just overjoyous and calling him a, a racist and a, I believe uh, Joe Biden said he's going to put y'all back in chains. Uh, those kind of things is what to me starting the. Whoa, this is. This is dirty uh, I don't I don't I don't like yeah dirty politics so that that was for me what I think changed not that that is what changed the country because you're absolutely right several elections now it is
1: I hate that person all right lesser
0: of two evils and
1: it's not the way it should be. I mean I, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump I'll be the first to say that but like, if I found out that another country assassinated him, I'd be devastated. Oh, yeah! Like that is our fucking leader.
2: Yeah,
1: we should be behind him. You know, even if we don't agree with most of what he does. Way too much. If anybody assassinated my president, I'd be livid. I'd be the first to sign up for the draft to go to war, whatever it is. Like, don't mess with us. Like, don't do that. Yeah. So, like this article or this this uh, letter from from George H. W. Bush to Bill Clinton, I feel like most of us should have that mentality, but very few do these days. Which yeah. Well, and
0: I don't. See, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think we're not the vocal majority um, because I feel that I have conversations similar to this conversation right here of people that don't claim a party, of people that um, are, are candidate based rather than party based, mm-hmm. of people who are open and willing to listen to both sides of an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you know we're, we're still surrounded by people who are a lot more vocal. So... A great example, um, and my Facebook feed. If I were to look on it, I could find you examples of people who are extreme on both ends that are constantly. I'm going to use the word polluting just because I don't yeah. want to see it. Yeah. Um, polluting my feed with political things that are very strong opinionated and that are often um, demeaning towards the opposite party or or um, demeaning towards people who would happen to believe in or agree with the opposite party it's not productive and they're not based on right. fact it's right. on both sides yeah. <laughs> yeah but yet i'm not one to go and post something that's in the middle yeah right, right? and so i think that may happen as well and, and and kind of changes this aspect of what we notice and like what gets measured gets done right type of thing and so when that's seen a lot more but i'm not saying we're not the minority i just don't <laughs> think we're like rare gems i, I think sure. there's a lot more of us but i think we just happen to not be the the, the loudest
1: right we're not rallying we're not getting speeches we're not on facebook we are rallying with our votes right that's what we're doing but that doesn't buy views us having a moderate position isn't sure.
2: something that is worthy of screen time or outrage sure it's like the newsroom <laughs> exactly yep. yes 100 you're right so that's I, I agree. It, it's, it's, I'm think, I'm going to quote the great Alfred, or I'm quoting it wrong, so I'm going to paraphrase Michael Caine in that movie. Uh, it always is the darkest of night right before the dawn. Yeah. And so we are, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen such polarization. So I'm thinking and or hoping that regardless of what happens, obviously there's going to be now a Democratic-led house. Maybe there will be some sort of bipartisanship just i you
1: know, saw that they were working together on prison reform
2: they have actually put that in that's to, actually pretty
1: cool to me finally
2: i <laughs> i would just say it was it, to me I, I i get both sides of it. But i don't understand why there's a, a minimum sentence or a maximum sentence required on certain convicts because of I mean, specifically the nonviolent drug charges but the list goes on and on and specifically what it does to the family the the medicaid uh most of the people on Medicaid are single families or single parent families. Is what I mean. And so,
1: yeah, why are you <laughs> exacerbating the
2: problem
0: and then saying, "Well, let's cut the funding, but let's keep putting in incarcerated?" It's people. a
1: drain on the country. I concur. you already ready to move on to the next one? Yeah.
0: So we've talked about alcohol. We've discussed politics. Ooh, can I add one more thing to politics that I did want
2: to? It's so the one thing I want to add, if possible, because of. It's foreign politics. Is there a better spot The for stage it? is yours. Excellent. So uh, one of the things that I find troubling that, uh, so uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the, I don't know, I guess he's a professor at uh, University of Toronto, but he's more so a public speaker now, uh, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. One of the biggest I bought things. his book. Yeah, he's a, he's a very intelligent man. He says things, and most of his vernacular is, just light years ahead of anything I could ever imagine of comprehending as a
1: word. He's smart. I don't agree with him on everything, but he's, oh, yeah. he's got some his different ideas. But he's got some good ideas, too. Right. So one of the biggest
2: reasons his claim to fame, if you will, was refusing to, um, uh, referring to a trans person by their preferred pronoun. Not saying that he wouldn't say it, but more so outraged at Canada making it a law. And he was saying that it infringes on free speech for you to tell me what I have to say. And that was where one of the big lawsuits that, again, his claim to fame was that the government can't tell me what to say. And he's not saying that you can't or shouldn't uh, respect the trans community with pronouns. He's saying the government can't tell me to do. it. So uh, that was one of the big, I guess, red flags that people of free speech led to him. Well, in uh, Austria right now, uh, I guess it's already too late. It happened a month or so ago. There, uh, the uh, I'll just read the headline from AP News or... or uh, The European court rejects Austrians' case over Prophet slur. And uh, the woman in her late 40s, identified only as E.S., claimed during two public seminars in 2009 that the Prophet Muhammad's marriage to a young girl was akin to pedophilia. And so uh, the specific thing that she's talking about is that uh, in the Quran and in uh, other writings of antiquity, specifically supporting is that uh, the Prophet Muhammad uh, married a seven-year-old girl but then consummated when she was nine. So she was just saying uh, that uh, the Prophet Muhammad was a pedophile in that technically, if you're going literal, that is what it means, and uh, she was actually found guilty. She was convicted on that saying that, um, uh, to quote it, that... uh, I'm not going to this because this is a weird character. Uh, the Australian courts had carefully balanced her right to freedom of expression with the rights of others to have their religious feelings protected. And so it came to the, that she was convicted on their religious feelings are more protected than her right to free speech. And, and so I find that very troubling specifically because we like to follow Europe in certain aspects of democracy see our democracy even though Greece. that's... <laughs> but but it, when you get to a point that uh, feelings are more important than free speech, or feelings on religion are more important than free speech, I find that troubling. Specifically because of the hate speech wars going on right now, and it's don't get me wrong, I think that someone who is racist or someone who's sexist, who is bigoted, everything like that, they should be socially condemned, and that should be something that specifically is figured
1: out in an echo chamber of hate. You understand that that should right. be. Convenient. They should be able to say whatever they want, but we should also be able to tell them exactly. to shut the hell up. And we do in mass. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, I agree.
2: that's where I find the problem is when it's a, it's a government. It, it wasn't it was like a $50 fine. So I'm not saying that they're going crazy, but siding with anything other than free speech, even though it's free speech, I disagree with. I, I find that troubling. And specifically with people not being able to speak freely on campuses. College now. Uh, what is that going to look like with a ruling like that? Why is that not something that people are talking about,
1: about free speech rights? I concur. It's a slippery slope. I mean, if you start telling people what they have to call people, that's what's next, you know? Right. And, and again, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a social Right. You made that completely yeah. clear. No, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with, with the social construct of that, whether they should or shouldn't be. It's just you shouldn't be able to tell people what they can and can't say. You know, there's certain situations where you shouldn't be able to say certain things. Like, I should not be allowed to yell bomb on a plane. Well, that's a different because that's an insight for action, right? Like, there's things like that. That that's to to come to mind. That's the only thing I can think of where you shouldn't fire say fire in theaters. Though. Exactly. Like, you shouldn't say fire when there isn't a fire. Yeah. But things like that, like that's preference. That was what it comes down to. If you want to be a bigot and say the wrong thing, that that is on you. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. If you don't believe in what they believe in, you, you don't have to agree with them. You have to say what yeah, they want me want to say. And so, Like um, you said, I get my right to call them out exactly. for being stupid. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can say whatever we want back, and right. that's the beauty of it, is that we can say whatever we want, and they can say whatever they want back, and that's free speech, and that's a conversation. Right. And the more you limit the conversation, the more you're limiting freedom, and I don't agree with it. Amen.
0: So, can I ask, I understand what she said. How did she say it? Do we have any context in that? It was at a public seminar, and she just—I mean—I
2: can read the exact quote that was on, on there. Was uh, the Prophet Muhammad's marriage to a young girl was akin to pedophilia?
0: Right. But what was said before? What was said after? Yeah, I, it doesn't say in that. Right, and that, but, no, that, not that that it matters right, for, right. for my opinion. But, you know, there's always the idea that sometimes it's not what's said, but how it's said. Yeah. I don't think that's how the court was um, ruling there. And right. so I, I would side with you guys that I don't think um, – I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think that that was um, necessarily a right to make that way, although I'm not someone running for public office to make those types of decisions. Right. So, therefore – you know, it's I, I understand being within that predicament and the level of balancing and, and, and what it takes to, to do that. Um, but I was just curious to see if there was anything yeah, that sure. went with you know because if the you know I don't know if it, if it was said in a way that was 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 condemning or if she was in a if she was on the campus of a college of a predominantly Muslim trying to use it to. Um, stir up cause and hatred within a campus. Huh. yeah, I, I think number one, she should be kicked off the campus. Number two, if there's a fine that happens to go with it. That's fine. I just don't think it should be determined on right on the freedom of speech. I think it should be you know based on her. her I don't know, just uh, lying about what she was there to do or her intent of, of context
1: is everything. Like, I mean, you could take sound bites from this podcast and it would sound horrible if you these people. Right. Or you just, just, <laughs> just you saying that that quote about Muhammad is a pedophile, like it's only took that out of context. Like Historically. We were talking about it. We weren't saying it. Sure. We sure. were quoting it. We weren't saying it. I so say it. I get what you're saying. Like, what was the context? And we didn't
2: have that. Here's the thing, too. That's one of the things that is most frustrating to me why I have felt compelled to bring it up is that it isn't that it's still free speech, regardless of anything. And, and the, the the most that I, that what I read, there was maybe, I don't know, half of a paragraph written about it. I, I don't know. I'm just saying we're, we'll talk for days about Billy Bush and Donald Trump on a bus, but we, we can't talk about actual things that matter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a sitting president shouldn't as scumbag as he is. I'm not saying that that's not necessarily newsworthy, but 24-7 circuitry that he's getting. This is a big deal to me. That's a freedom of any rights. Any, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something I agree with. I mean, anyone's free speech, I, I find a problem with whenever
1: it's being infringed upon. Right. Especially in Canada. I mean, what's really going on in Canada right. other than that and pod? Mostly gone, yeah.
0: Anyways, I have done that I just, while we were in politics. I didn't cool. Want Let's move on. Oh, that's great. Um, so I wanted to talk about money mm. and specifically invested money. Um, so what we're, what, we're, what we're looking at or focusing on here is that a report came out um, that some of the SpaceX investors, are right. all aware of SpaceX. Uh, some of the SpaceX investors are reportedly alarmed that Musk has been using the rocket company resources for the tunnel company projects. Are we all on board with Boring Co? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so the uh, some of the quotes that board were given board. were um, at a normal public company, there'd be a special committee of independent directors to vote on whether to devote corporate resources to the chief executive officer's personal side project. And then the second quote was at SpaceX, the CEO just told employees to dig a tunnel for him and they got digging. So I really wanted to kind of view this as put on the lens that we were investors within it. How would you feel, right?
1: That's tough for me because I'm not an investor. I don't know what that's like. Sometimes I hate hearing that one of my favorite companies went public because I know they're going to trash. They're going to just overwhelm it with ads and make it horrible um, and just make the user experience go down. Some of the best companies were amazing before they went IPO. Um, So as an investor, obviously the only reason I'm in it is for money. That's not true. Some people invest in companies because they believe in the cause. I believe in Elon Musk's cause. I think he's one of the best at... Uh, one of the best if not the best right. entrepreneur in our lifetime actually doing amazing things for the human race so if I was an investor that was only in it for the money I'd be livid you know what is he doing wasting his resources on something like this that may or may not pay off but if I was an investor in just Elon Musk and his vision which I am as an entrepreneur I invest in people not not things right. I'm all for it if that makes money if that works let, let's do this thing I'm, I'm behind you Elon
2: yeah, no, I, I actually would agree with that. I think that Elon Musk is probably not from this planet. Uh, <laughs> definitely could be a robot, specifically if you listen to the way he speaks. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> He's cyborg. He's yeah. so incredibly smart. I get it. And uh, obviously he's done some dumb things that has, has put Tesla in jeopardy, specifically his positions there. I get
1: uh, SEC fraud. And yet he's still killing it. He's killing there's only Two companies in the history that have never gone bankrupt of of motor companies, and it's Ford and Tesla. That's amazing. Well, Tesla's also newer, but at the same time. Still.
2: In this economy, and truly when he started. Through the recession. I completely agree. And that's one of the things that I'm very similar to you. He's at least, maybe that's part of his appeal, is that he doesn't strike you as someone who's greedy with money and everything like that. Listening to him speak, I, I have faith that he... He doesn't care about money. I think that he, that's why I go with the cyborg aspect yeah. of it. Uh, and so I, I, as an investor, specifically anyone who is an investor in this perci- uh, particular situation, they have to know who Elon Musk is. And if you don't think that Elon Musk is going to do, he doesn't care about that. He's yeah. so brilliant. And so if you're investing in someone specifically for the money, knowing what kind of humanitarian causes he is, yeah. then that's on you as an investor.
1: This isn't a safe stock.
0: Yeah. This is a
2: volatile stock. Exactly. You don't get in this to be safe. This isn't a blue chip of like, I don't know, not that Johnson and Johnson's doing all right now with their asbestos and the baby stuff, but uh, <laughs> when when you when you invest in Elon Musk, exactly you said, I know it's a
0: SpaceX is the
2: company, but it's Elon Musk you're really investing in. True. You have to understand.
0: So, so that brings that—that's the point I wanted to make. Was if you're an investor, are you investing in the CEO or the company? Nice.
1: The the CEO every time for me. It's it's the man and the woman behind the wheel. What have they done in the past is a good reflection of what they're going to do in the future. Um, And the type of companies I would invest in are things that I believe in.
0: Well, so yeah, so you led into my next one. So let me preface this this next part of the conversation. We're all small-time investors. Nothing, nothing to brag, boast, um, or be anything but humble about. But let's say that tomorrow you got the position of uh, running uh, funding or uh, targeting for a VC firm. What type of companies would you be looking at?
2: Can you define VC? Not because I don't know, but uh, for all those venture out venture capitalists. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. I was just for the radio. Other people that don't know.
1: <laughs> But go ahead and answer that while I think of what yeah. you see. Um, I think for me personally, I'm about the risk. I like to gamble a little bit. You know, If I, if I had the control and I had the, the, the money, I'd put it into startups more because I believe that that's going to be the backbone. And that is the backbone of our economy is small business and startups. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would still invest in things that I believe in. And I think the big thing that I worry about lately is water. Is yeah. how much we're polluting our water, and how much you know water is already you know in this planet that is polluted or just salt water that we can't use fully yet, or at least not cheaply. So that's something that I worry about, and I, I know a lot of people are investing in water right now, and I think that's going to be the new oil that we're like we're going to be really fighting over water in the future. It's incredible that you say that. So this past weekend, I got to visit with
2: uh, uh, very intelligent, very uh, prominent. Uh, aunt and uncle of mine living in Austin, and actually one of the the boards that he is on is a water um, cleaning, and, and he goes into he went into way better detail, but it basically it's a pack. It's cheaper than bottled water. It's less uh, polluting than obviously bottled water is, and what the uh, side effects of plastic is and everything like that. And he, he's having difficulty figuring out uh, why it's not taking off, which is also something that baffles me because I want to say the 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 machine that does it and the little packs that go in, or maybe the, the machine's like 80 bucks, and then to refill the pack is like 20 bucks. And it's uh the pack is 240 times, I think it's good for 30 gallons of water or something like that. So it's a 100 bucks, and it's, I don't know, what's 240 times 30? That's how many gallons of water it is, essentially. 800? Yeah. Yeah. 8,000 8, gallons of water for 100 bucks of clean, food. and it's amazing to me how all that works. And very similar to what you said about how uh, that's the kind of thing that we're going into. And so, you're absolutely right. And I don't understand how those kind of companies don't get the promise that you're absolutely
0: talking about. Yeah.
1: So, how about you, Alan?
0: Um, well, now that we've got on water, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, so, I definitely agree. And I think one of the key elements is education. Mm. Um, and then, the, part the next part of that would be um, changing habits and it has become so nonchalant and routine for people and i'm talking in in the masses um, to buy water bottles Um, personally like at our house we don't use water bottles Um, that's something that we try not to do and, and and that's something that we've been educated on now we're not aware of this other company and haven't been taking advantage of of the product. So maybe awareness is part of it, but I think, you know, education for the masses would be that next step. And I do also think that it it has an opportunity to become the next world. Yeah. Um, as a VC, so I, I I try to keep in mind the lens of if I was a VC that it's other people's money. Right. Um, and, and that would be different than if I was uh, an angel investor with my own, um a spare income, right? A disposable income. Right, right, right. And so I I don't know. I daydream about it all the time. So I could probably give you eight different answers and it would change week to week. (laughs) Um but for me, I think I would be looking at um, companies that are into artificial intelligence. Nice. And specifically artificial intelligence when it comes to um um, uh, uh, other other businesses machine learning right machine yeah. learning specifically is, is, is what i would invest in um terrifying and um and and then to, to so to sidebar that my other investment would be um an investment for younger age people to learn coding and scripting oh smart That's um right. so because if i'm going to be one who supports the um, evolution of a technology that could wipe out a large part of the workforce, mm-hmm. of, of the need for a workforce. Then I also want to be the person who's investing in the solution for the upcoming generation to be equipped with the type of rules. If everything's going to run off a script or a code, then let's make sure our kids are the ones who can write It
1: should be like That's Spanish,
0: Russia. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I like that. That's a great
1: answer. I, I was at a, a celebration of life, not a funeral. Last week I was with my cousin and he's using machine learning within his company right now mm-hmm. to determine before you quit, can they figure out who in this big company that he works for <coughs> is going to quit yes. before you quit. Oh wow. I was like, what are you going to do with that information? Are you going to approach him with it? He's like, we don't know that yet. We just want to figure out if it works. We have to sure. get a proof of concept. And I was right. like, that's awesome though. That's awesome. So many companies would buy that if you need that.
0: Yeah. Another, so since we're on the topic of it, another example, Um, that I have seen is there's an energy company that uses machine learning and algorithms to identify people who are going to leave. And they have determined that one of the biggest uh, uh, things that happens is they'll have a spike in their usage, either due to uh, a failure in one of their mechanics, so um, their, their air conditioner or something like that, or the overuse of things like the heater, the air conditioner, or the laundry machine. And so what they'll do is, let's say your normal electric bill is $200. Um, well, if you have a spike to $450, they will actually supplement $150 into your bill that month so that you stay relatively relevant. And they'll reach out to you and let you know that there was a spike and help you fit, find it and fix it so they can keep you long term. Wow. Interesting. Right. So things, yeah, things like that, I think, are going to be crazy.
1: It's cool that we're automating so much now that we're getting rid of a lot of menial jobs that don't mean anything anymore. And some people are pissed off about that. But we can work on problems like that. Right. That It's freeing up resources to work on cooler stuff. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I think that's a direction that things would, um, are going to be heading for a long time. Whether you know, little us uh, would want it or not, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm glad that we can all see the value of that. Uh, Well, thanks guys for your time. Thank you for your thoughts and for everyone listening. Thank you for your time as well. And uh, this is great. And I plan on doing it again soon. Good night, everybody. The dude abides.